Welcome back, everybody. Episode is this is this episode ten? I think or nine. Or is it nine? I think nine, it's nine. Almost, almost a double digits. All right, we're nine nine episodes in. It's going to be a little bit different today. We're finally completely over with baseball. I have no baseball to talk about whatsoever. Uh, are we done with baseball? I mean, I don't have anything to talk about. Uh, I, I think there's something we do need to talk about. I think a man with fourteen billion dollars just made a little purchase in the baseball industry. Am I wrong? Uh huh. Yeah, you're not wrong. So you know, you go ahead. Mr. And run with Steve that. Cohen purchased the New York Mets. Look, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about this. I know we want to get onto football, so I'm just going to make it quick. Steve Cohen's already working in the New York Mets organization. Comes in Friday and is already making big plans. He showed that he's going to pay some of his employees more money than the Wilpons were previously giving them increasing back to their pre-pandemic salaries, paying back the Ross, the salary cuts that the Wilpon family had to make during the pandemic and already giving the money back. He's showing that he's investing in his organization, putting the money in ready to go, making it a comfortable workspace, making everyone in the organization happy because everyone in this organization matters to this ball club. Steve Cohen has come in and is already doing good things on day one. He posted on his Twitter asking for Mets fans what they specifically want to see including a potential old-timers game, which could be fun. We'll see that, hopefully. But Steve Cohen's doing some nice things. Now he's in there with a lot of money. It's just fun now. Soon he'll start getting in on those players once we get to the winter meetings. It's going to be really fun to see what Steve Cohen can do. All right. Well, yeah, there's your – it will be interesting to see what he does. I mean, honestly, as much as I, I – you know, Mets are a rival, I do enjoy um, – I do enjoy the new life he's interjecting into – the Mets, and I feel that that will be a positive output on the Major League Baseball world, something we definitely need with all how that World Series ended, uh, in my opinion, and some other things with the gold gloves that we probably won't get into because we had, we don't really like the gold gloves that much in the first place, uh, as I'm sure Don would like to talk about. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we, we don't need to get into it, but this is good for baseball at the Mets. Uh, have an owner that will go out and spend money and make uh, the Mets a more prominent figure in baseball. Yep. So positive things going forward for the Mets. Obviously, we're, we don't have much baseball to talk about. We will be jumping into football. Baseball, we'll be back uh, once we have a little more traction to talk about it. We'll let you guys know. But jumping right into football, guys, we're still the same schedule for football. Uh, we're going to jump in with week eight. Uh, you, take, you guys each get a game of the week. Uh, you can also mention, if it has your player in the week, you mentioned both. Dom, I let Josh start last time, I believe. So, Dom, you're going to go first. Do you have a game of the week Do you want to highlight for us? From we gain? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take the obvious one, which is Steelers Ravens. I mean, you're talking about two top the AFC teams going up, going up against each other and arguably the best rivalry in football. I know Leo's uh, Cowboys Eagles and then Packers Bears are right there with it, but you can't deny the fact that Ravens Steelers is a great rivalry game ended 28 to 24 Chase Claypool caught the game-winning touchdown. Uh, J.K. Dobbins finally got the bulk of the carries with Mark Ingram uh, not active for this game. He was their second-round pick. And when you're a winning team, you use your second-round pick on a running back and he doesn't play the first couple of weeks. You still go 5-1, and one, and then he finally puts together a good performance. 15 carries for 113 yards. He finally stepped up. The difference in this game was Lamar Jackson. Turned the ball over four times. One of them, he stretched out on fourth down to try and get across the first down uh, marker and the balls hit uh, hit out of his hands. You can't really fault him there. That's not his fault. But uh, the fact that – I mean, that's Lamar his fault, but it was the right play. So Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Thank you for clarifying. Uh, 
Yeah, the fact that the Ravens quarterback turned the ball over three, you know, technically four times and still only lost to the undefeated Steelers by four, I think says a lot about where they are. They're still a really dominant team in the NFL. One of the best defenses in the NFL. When Lamar's playing well, this team is unstoppable. Uh, and if he doesn't play well, you have to play well to beat him. And that's exactly what the Steelers did. They're now 7-0. I need to find I need to find excuses. I need to stop finding excuses to pick against the Steelers because yes. uh, it's hurting me. Uh, yes, it I, is. I, I believe this team is championship caliber, but I mean, I find I find ways to pick against them every single week. It's not <laughs> you do. It's not I, agree. I don't. Week. You're not going to find an issue picking against them this week, where they're going against either who is it? Cooper Rush is going to start for the Cowboys, yeah, probably. So that's an easy pick there. We'll get to that a little bit later. But yeah, this Steelers team—they really proved me wrong on Sunday. I picked Baltimore. I, you guys know, I'm not very high on Baltimore. I wasn't high on Pittsburgh either, but they really played a great football game. They proved me wrong. I think they are a team to beat in this league. I've been saying it for a couple of weeks now on this podcast. The Pittsburgh Steelers are one of the most complete teams in the National Football League right now, and that's partly why I believe they're seven and zero. They're 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 a complete football team. They're pretty complete. I mean, they've got a top they've got a top five undisputed defense. They've got defensive talent, young talent on every level of that defense. James Conner is like at least a good running back. They have an elite O line. Ben Roethlisberger is their weak point. Chase Claypool has stepped. I'm not going to get too much of the Steelers that, that, because... That's the point I question is Roethlisberger at this yeah, point. Yeah, that's, that's a fair, but, you know, every team's going to have a weak point. We'll get into that. I'll get into that a little bit later. There's a little foreshadowing. We don't want to talk about that too much now. But I do... I would have highlighted that game. I'm going to go quickly second because this week was a bit about upsets. There were a couple upsets, and I'm going to talk about one of these kind of upsets. It's not really the biggest one, but the game script was just nuts to me. So I have to talk about this game. And, Dom, I'm sorry that I have to talk about this game, but I am going to talk about the Dolphins defeating the Rams. Look, this game was, you know, Josh did call it. Josh, he didn't land his hot take, but he had the part right with the Dolphins winning. Uh, I know that Dom, me and you both picked the Rams, correct? I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you did because you said they were going to win their morning game. It was 28 to 17, but this game was highlighted by turnovers. I mean, there were five, or I believe five, five turnovers from the, the LA Rams offense. Like there was two interceptions, two fumbles. Uh, one of the interceptions was backed up in their own zone. It turned turn into two, its first touchdown. And then there was my player of player of the week, which would be Mr. Van, linebacker for the Miami Dolphins, Van Ginkle, taking a 78-yard touchdown to the house on one of those turnovers. They had the, the Miami Dolphins defense won this game. Two didn't look that great. I didn't think he looked that great uh, coming into this first game against a, a dominant Rams D line, which. We saw Aaron Donald just absolutely demolish him on his first real drive for a fumble that gave the Rams an early lead. But from there forward, it was all Miami defense. This Miami defense is really legit. Xavier and Howard, Kyle Van Noy, they've got some nice pieces. And it's it's only going to lead to the promised land for the Dolphins because, you know, two is only going to get better and that offense is only going to get better. It's good to have a defense behind them. So it's looking up for the Dolphins. And I needed to highlight this game based off the fact that there were so many turnovers. And it was just a defense literally carrying a team against uh, you know over 500 team so yeah that that's that's rams dolphins i don't know if you guys have any fleeting comments about it i'm sure dom would like to say some things about it yeah I'll, I'll say something about it one is that the dolphins now have the lowest scoring defense in the national football league which i feel like is pretty incredible i, I would uh, I also think, like to acknowledge that the bills put up 31 against them but yes yeah well, i mean the bills do have a very good offense so uh and yeah all credit goes to the dolphins uh 
I could make a joke here, but I'm going to refrain. But Brian Flores, uh, this is the second time he's gone up against Sean McVay uh, as a defensive play caller. The first time was in Super Bowl 53. Absolutely locked down the Rams offense. He did that same thing again in this game. The Rams really had an opportunity to take a hold of this game early. And they just let it go. They had the ball in the red zone uh, in a tie game. And then they decided to go empty a couple of times, empty set, uh, five, five out wide. And just about every single time, the play was a complete disaster. Uh, one of those times, uh, the, the Dolphins just rushed six. And when, you, when you're an empty, you're only blocking five. Someone comes free. Uh, the original target that Goff wanted wasn't open. Pump faked, turned around, and got hit immediately. Ball came out. Dolphins returned it uh, later in the game. They had the ball inside their own 30. Uh, same thing again. Uh, Goff got hit. Fumble. Ball comes out. Dolphins return the ball to the one. Sets up an easy touchdown. The Dolphins offense in the storyline of this game was Tua, Tua, Tua. And that's really dumb because he it, Tua didn't play bad, but he, he didn't have to do anything because the Dolphins defense was so dominant. Exactly. Set them up to, uh, to succeed. I think the Dolphins only, only had two first downs in the entire second half, uh, which is a bit concerning, but the Rams do also have a very good defense as well. So we'll see how this Dolphins offense looks uh, this upcoming week against Arizona, whose defense is not as good as the Rams. Yeah, here's the thing, though. Obviously, Tua's the storyline of that game, top five pick, making his first start. you got to talk about Tua. People are going to look at that stat sheet that he had of 12 for 22 and 90 some, 93 yards and a touchdown, no picks and say, you know what, it was kind of a lackluster performance from Tua, didn't see a lot, but you know what, he didn't make any mistakes, he looked fairly comfortable in the pocket for the majority of the time, he didn't look incredible, he didn't light them up, he didn't look bad, it's a building block, it was his first career start, I think Dolphins fans should be enthused with Tua, I think they should be enthused with this game, and they should be enthused with their team overall. Yeah, yeah he just I mean, didn't have to do Dolphins anything. Team. He didn't yeah. have to do anything. And, and the only only mistake I could say see you saying is that uh, he gave up a fumble to the arguable best player in the NFL. So I'm not even going to – I'm not even going to – He also him. got absolutely destroyed on that play. And I believe Aaron Donald came in on his blind side as well, if I'm correct. Yeah, right, Donald? He, he, uh, he it wasn't his up. blind side. It wasn't his blind side. But he, blind he, side. Uh, Donald hit the ball, he and then he got crushed by Michael Brockers. Yes. Yeah, he got he – got still, still hard to beat those two guys in your first career start. Can't put too much blame yes. on that one. Yeah, you, you, you figured Donald was going to do something like that, and uh, and he did. But, yeah, that's my game to highlight. Josh, uh, if you want to go next, what game were you looking at from a weekend? Yeah, you so to some people's surprise, I'm actually not going to highlight Bill's Patriots. However, shout out Justin Zimmer. Dude's a legend. Um, The game I am going to highlight is a game in the AFC South because I think a lot of people are talking about this Tennessee Titans team winning the division they got off to that hot start, 5-6-0, I believe it was, and now they're kind of stumbling a little bit. But we're looking at an Indianapolis Colts team now that is really figuring it out. They beat a very good Detroit Lions team. You guys know I've been very confident in the Lions the last couple of weeks. I think they've been a pretty good team. But the Colts demolished them. They look great. Let's start on the defensive side of the ball because that's where the Colts' success begins. They forced two turnovers and gave up just 29 yards on 13 carries in the game. So they really, really limited that running attack from the Lions. They gave up about 300 yards to Matt Stafford. That wasn't great, but you know what? They got to produce somewhere. I understand it. The defense still did well, only gave up 21 points. They also forced three three and outs and forced two turnovers. So that's pretty good for the Colts defense. Now we look on the offensive side of the ball. 
they really were not that bad. Phillip Rivers was pretty good, 23 of 33 for 262, three touchdowns, no turnovers. That's what you need to see for, from Phillip Rivers for this team to have success. They were running the ball fairly effectively. They just looked pretty good on that offensive side of the ball, 7 of 14 on third down, one for one on fourth down. If the Colts keep playing like this, they could easily win this division. Like I said on our first episode of this podcast, I think the Colts win the division. Haven't changed my opinion once, and I'm sticking with it. I think the Colts are the better football team in the long term, and I think they will come out on top of this division. I I, I do like the boldness. Uh, I'm going to stick with the Titans. I, I know I am high on Titans. We knew that from last episode. I'm also high on Tannehill. Um, I think I know. I think I figured out why Philip Rivers finally had a decent game. It's because Naheem Hines is Austin Eckler 2.0. And that's exactly what happened in this game. I believe Naheem Hines had two receiving touchdowns down the red zone. Look, Philip Rivers' last year in San Diego, he just force-fed Austin Eckler that entire season. That's why he got drafted so high in fantasy this year. That's why he performed so well last year. And uh, Philip Rivers, you know, you can't, you know, there's nothing wrong with checking down a running back. It's a useful strategy. But, you know, we didn't see that production from Hines. Uh, and we saw Rivers struggling. And now we see a game like this where Rivers looks good. Hines looks good. I think this is going to be a formula going forward. And, you know, a weapon like a Naheem Hines or an Austin Eckler is really, really useful for a guy like Phillip Rivers, who was never a fast guy to begin with, but especially at his age, can't move around as well. And he needs to get out of the pocket and can't do it with his own legs. Just dump the ball off to Austin Eckler, dump the ball off to Naheem Hines and let them pick up a couple of yards because they're yeah. young enough. They have that fresh body. They're able to do it. Instead of you see quarterbacks scrambling a lot, what Rivers needs to do is dump it off to his Eckler or his Naheem Hines and they'll do that scrambling for him. So that's where I think we're going to see Naheem Hines be really effective through the second half of the season. Yeah. Dom, do you have I, any leading comments? Yeah, yeah but fine. talking about the Colts, I think they're also very comparable to the Baltimore Ravens, another really good defense in, in this football league. And they're, a couple of their losses, uh, you can really equate to their quarterback, really letting their team down. You, know, you watch that Browns game, he really let them down. I forget what other game the Colts lost uh, was to the Titans, and, uh, or not to the Titans. To the, to the Jaguars, and Philip Rivers really let them down in the second half of that game. So this team's going to go as far as Philip Rivers will take them. Another thing is uh, they've relied a lot on their running attack and using their running backs this year with the trio of Jonathan Taylor, the guys you just mentioned, Naeem Hines. And then this week, they relied a lot on Jordan Wilkins, 20 carries, 89 yards, and a touchdown. So they can just rotate those running backs in and out. Uh, it's going to give Philip Rivers an opportunity to not have to rely on himself to carry this team like we've seen with him have to do in the Chargers so many times in the past. This isn't Philip Rivers' team. He's got a lot of players around him that have set him up to be successful. That's why the Colts are 5-2 and two, and why the Chargers are 2-5. and five. You know, now that I think about it a little bit more, I kind of want to talk about that because you did say it's not Rivers' team. I think what's happening here is, is uh, the, the Rivers, they're starting to – mold this team around Rivers' play style. Because, you know, if you think about Philip Rivers, you know, what do you think about him as an offensive play style? I think, personally, he loves his tight ends and he loves to dump down to running backs, at least in his later career. Obviously, when he was younger, you know, he was lighting up guys like uh, uh, Vincent Jackson and Michael Floyd. But, you know, as he's gotten older, Vincent Jackson, I had to throw That's a name we haven't heard in a while. I miss that guy. I, I miss him too. But, you know, as he's gotten older, he's begun to check down these running backs a lot. He's always loved tight ends. We know that with Gates. He made Hunter Henry look good. He's doing it with Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle had a touchdown in this game. And then he's checking down to these running backs. And, you know, I think that's why they're having some more success. 
Frank Reich has moved away from his overall Colts play from before when he had uh, Jacoby Brissett. And that's partly why I think we see guys like Zach Pascal and who, and I don't know if, I don't know if you guys remember this name, but T.Y. Hilton is on that football team. They don't do anything anymore. It's because I think they're game planning back towards Rivers and it's working out uh, from the offensive standpoint. That's personally what I think is going on there. Right. Yeah. The, the race in the AFC South is going to be very interesting because I think those are two teams that'll, have double-digit wins when it's all said and done, uh, especially beating up on those two teams at the bottom of the division in the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So it's going to be really interesting to see how those teams are are trending towards the end of the year because we're seeing right now Colts are trending a bit upwards and the Tennessee Titans have lost their last two games. So we'll see where these two teams are at after this week because this week could be very telling for them. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Dom, I came out and I said that I think the Colts are going to come out and finish this one out. Leo disagreed with me and said that he's going to go with the Titans. Who are you picking to win the AFC South now? Well, like you, I had the Colts winning this division at the beginning of the year. I'm going to stick by it too. I think we're all going to hold our ground. Uh, you know, I was wrong about the Titans being better than, I mean, I was wrong about the Texans being better than the Titans. Uh, so we'll see. The Titans have a problem with not really being able to beat up teams that they are better than. Them losing by 11 points to the Bengals is really inexcusable. We'll see how much of an impact Desmond King has on them when he plays for them. I don't think he's going to play for them this week, but the following week. Following week, uh, COVID restrictions. Right. So we'll see. Uh, like I said, the AFC South, really interesting division. I think Houston's going to play spoiler to uh, whoever tops this division because they're pretty sneaky good now that they don't have to deal with uh, what's-his-face on Bill O'Brien. So we'll see. But anyways, not to linger too much on that, I do want to get us into our, our what I think is going to be the most fun segment here. Uh, we're Like we said last week, we're doing top 10 lists. Last week, we did top 10 quarterbacks right now. Now, since we're halfway through the season, we're in the halfway point. We're going to rank top 10 teams in the NFL right now. It's a power rankings, you know, like the ones you see on Bleacher Report, ESPN, whatever you go to look at them. We're doing our own here for Split the Scene. So we do have our top 10s listed out. We're going to stop Start one from the top. Um, I am not going to go first for this because I started the last one. So, Josh, how about you give us your number one team in the NFL National Football League? Kick this thing off. All right. Well, let's start with number one. I know Leo is very concerned about what team I'm going to put at number one here. I, I think he's a little afraid of what I could potentially say. But look, I don't think this is hard to argue. I think I'm easily putting the number one team in the NFL at this number one spot. So I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. They're just the best team in the league. There's no arguing it. They have the best player in the league. They have one of the best coaches in the league. They've surrounded him with so many different weapons. The defense can hold their own when they need to. Kansas City is the best team in this league. They're the defending Super Bowl champions. They're seven. They're six or seven and one. Seven and one. Seven and one. They've only lost that one tough game to a good Raiders team. The Chiefs are the best team in the league. Thank God. All right. I have Chiefs too. Uh, I would also argue their one loss to the Raiders. They were overlooking that game because they had to go play Buffalo next week. So I kind of think that's why they slipped up. But yeah, like you mentioned, this is the best team in the NFL. I mean, that offense is nuts. You just go Patrick Holmes, Le'Veon Bell, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. But the thing that I wanted to talk about was they're, they have a, they have a sneaky, sneaky good defense. Statistically, they're, they're the seventh ranked defense right now. They've held opponents below 20 points, seven out of the eight games. And then they also obviously have two marquee wins over, uh, you know, a Super Bowl contender and a Super Bowl hopeful or contender, depending how you want to argue it. They beat Baltimore at Baltimore. They beat Buffalo at Buffalo. 
Uh, that's that's what I think. That's why I put them there. I like to talk about those marquee wins. They have two marquee wins against at least Super Bowl hopefuls. So that's why I also have the Kansas City Chiefs at number one. Dom, are you riding with us or you got a different team you want to shout out at number one? Yes. Yes, I am. I really don't see it any other way. They're, I mean, maybe if you go Pittsburgh or the other team I have at number two, uh, which we'll hold off on. But I think the Kansas City Chiefs are the best team. Uh, they have the best offensive player in the league, not the best player in the league. Uh, and Patrick Mahomes, he continues to be dominant. His performance against the Jets is going to get overlooked because it was against the Jets, but he was absolutely incredible this past week. Chiefs at number one, pretty easy. He was surgical against those Jets. Yeah. All right. Well, so Josh, I, 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 I'm, I'm happy to see it. We all went white and white and red, number one overall. Dom, you alluded to uh, you might not have someone different at two, so I actually want you to go for your your number two team and you know I'll give you some time to explain why you may put them at number two yes my number two team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I have them over the Seattle Seahawks now Josh is Josh is moaning and he's he's in the back of his chair but I think when you look at it this team is not quite as good offensively as the Seattle Seahawks I'm pretty sure that's who Josh has a number two but when you look at it the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have scored more points than the Seattle Seahawks. Now, the Seahawks have had their bye week, uh, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have allowed significantly less points than the Seattle Seahawks. Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a plus 82-point differential. Seahawks are at plus 41. When you also look at it, Tampa Bay Buccaneers have that premier win over the Green Bay Packers, where they just absolutely crushed them. So I'm going to have Tampa Bay at number two. I think you're comparing a good offense and a great defense to a great offense and a decent to not good defense in Seattle. I have Tampa Bay at number two. All right, Josh, I'm going to go to you next because you audibly uh, – or not audibly, you you gave a reaction on, on the call here, so I'm going to let you rebuttal and give your number two. Absolutely. Well, Dom obviously spoiled my pick. I am going with the future Super Bowl champion, Seattle Seahawks, as the second-best team in the NFL right now. And I think what Dom is overlooking here with Seattle is that, look – they aren't looking great on defense right now, but there's something coming to the Seattle defense that is going to really light a fire on this defense and I think can really get things going and maybe pick up some things a little bit on that secondary, and that comes with number 33, Jamal Adams. He's missed the last couple of games for them with an injury. He should be coming back this week against the Bills. He's a guy who they put a lot of money into, a lot of draft capital into to go out and get that guy, and he hasn't really been producing for them because he hasn't been on the field for a lot of the time. But once he steps onto that field, I think it's really going to light a fire on both sides of the ball, but especially the defense. And I think that they will be able to step up their game and look a lot better with Jamal Adams down the stretch on that backside, able to help them out a lot. Now we look at the offensive side of the ball. I don't think it's tough to argue that the Seahawks offense is better than the Bucs offense. Russell Wilson is just masterful. The DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, one-two wide receiver punch. <clears throat> one-two wide receiver punch, excuse me might be one of the best wide receiver duos we've seen in this league for God knows how long. I could probably even say it's the best since the Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne days. I mean, th these two could be together for a long time in Seattle. They look really good together, both of them producing like crazy with an incredible quarterback and Russell Wilson. They're going to get Chris Carson back soon, who's really going to help generate that offense as well. I think this is a team that's going to win the Super Bowl. I've been saying it all year. They're a great football team. They're going to get Jamal Adams back in that secondary, and he's really going to light up that defense. The Seahawks are the second-best team in the NFL right now. Soon they will be the first. 
When when did Seattle what week did Seattle lose Jamal Adams? I'm curious. Do you guys know off the top of your head? Was it it's week like four? four or five? I want to say it five. was four. All right. So even with Jamal Adams on this team, they still let up, you know, plus 20 points in all four of those games. They, you know, let up 31 Dallas, 25 Falcons, 30 to the Patriots, 23 to the Dolphins, 26 to the Vikings. I'm just adding yes, but those, are, those are against pretty decent offenses. I mean, the Patriots offense was looking pretty good in those first couple of weeks before Cam Newton got the coronavirus. The Falcons offense always does produce and the Cowboys offense when they had Dak Prescott produced. I mean, it also takes some time with these growing pains for Jamal Adams. He took the time to learn in the last month or so when he was injured to really get familiar with the Seattle defense and know what he's, his responsibilities are, really take a leadership role, hopefully. So when he steps back into that defense, He's going to be ready for that leadership role. I think him coming back from this injury could really strengthen the backside of this defense. There's there's a, no denying that he will strengthen the defense. I was just allocating that and talking about that because uh, uh, my number two is not Seattle. Um, I guess we're continuing me being this is just this is just on par on brand with the podcast. My number two is Pittsburgh Steelers, guys. I can't. I have to put them there at two. There's seven. And, look, there's seven and zero. Oh, they're the only undefeated team in the uh, in the NFL right now. They have the second best AFC defense and also my number two uh, defense. Or sorry, they they number three defense in the league, second best defense in the AFC in my opinion. The offense is you know sneaky good. I know Ben is underperforming because he's old, but look, this O line is elite. We've known that. Chase Claypool's emerged this year. Juju's still you know a good to sometimes great wide receiver. James Conner is definitely good as well. And like I said, with the Chiefs, they've won some tough games against the top tier of this AFC AFC division. Look, they went into Baltimore like we talked about already and beat down the Ravens in, in Baltimore. And then they also went to Tennessee and won ugly against the Tennessee Titans, who I know we are lacking, but we can all agree that they're a playoff team here. So those are two playoff team marquee wins. I cannot keep them out of the number two spot because they're seven and oh, and that's and partly why I'm going to jump into my three here. I, my three is Seattle. I was going to put Seattle three, but I just can't. My problem here is I had problems with staple wins and their defensive uh, play this year. Look, they're, they're, what, are you, what are you going to say their biggest win is? At the Dolphins, they barely won? Or you could say the, the healthy-ish Cowboys at home was a marquee win where they won by seven. The only playoff caliber team I think they've faced this year has been the Arizona Cardinals, and they lost that game to the Arizona Cardinals. So I need that marquee win like I've seen the Steelers have, and they've looked to give them that bump. But obviously, yes, they're a, they're a class of the NFC. They're a top-tier offense. Their offense is booming. I just need to see a marquee win, which they'll have a chance to show me in these coming weeks, actually next week, uh, to put them at a two spot. So I have them at three. That's my three. That's where I have Seattle at. Dom, I don't know. I kind of was picking up on, a, on it. Do you have Seattle there as well? Is that where you have Seattle at? I do. I have them at six and one. It was really tough for me to decide whether I'd put them in front of Pittsburgh or not. I ended up opting to have Seattle there just because I feel like Jamal Adams coming back could help their defense enough. Because uh, like I said, you're, when you're comparing them to Pittsburgh, I think you're comparing a, a good offense in Pittsburgh and a great defense to a great offense and a good to not so good defense. Now, I think Jamal Adams can take that to that good category. That's why I put Seattle ahead. I think if Seattle beats Buffalo this week, that certainly helps them. If they lose Buffalo, we're seriously going to be raising some eyebrows at the Seattle Seahawks team. I got them at three. Right. 
So Dom has Seattle at three. Yeah, like let me just say one more time. They they really haven't blown out a team and won like a like a crazy game this year. Besides what San Francisco was kind of a blow. They kind of let San Francisco come back at the end of that too. They blew out San Francisco last week. Yes, the score doesn't show it because they put up some garbage time touchdowns late in the fourth quarter. But they entered that with like a thirty to seven lead. I think it was. They blew them out. Okay, that's a blowout. Jimmy G's destroyed again, the Niners. Then again, at the same time, the San Francisco 49ers were playing the entire game without their second-best offensive player, Debo Samuel, played half the game without their best offensive weapon in George Kittle, and then their quarterback yeah. had to leave the game because his ankle got hurt again. So and Their defense is obliterated. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's not – it wasn't a great win. It was a good win. Don't get me wrong, but – you know, there were a ton Anytime of time the Seahawks on. play the Niners, if the Seahawks win by 20, it's a good win because these two teams know how to beat each other up and they fight. Like we saw last year, those were probably the two best games of the season were the two Seahawks-Niners games. So anytime you come out and you win that game, it's a big win. I was very happy with that Seahawks win, and I think they look like a good team on Sunday. I, I just – I can't give that a marquee win without injured the Niners are. Am I, like, that's not a marquee win because that's not that's a playoff a team. Win. The Niners are not a playoff Mar- team. I'm not saying it's a marquee yeah, win. Yeah. It's definitely a good win. All yeah. right, so we've got Seattle for number three to both me and Dom. So, Josh, obviously you have Seattle number two, so you can't have Seattle Yeah, so three. I have Seattle number two. If I could put them again at number three, I'm happy to talk about them again. But if we're going to number three here, I'm going to Pittsburgh. They're 7-0. and They haven't lost. They look really good the last couple of weeks against Tennessee and Baltimore. And look, this is a Pittsburgh team that's going to go at least 10-0. and Their next three games are against Dallas Cowboys against the Cincinnati Bengals and against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Those are three easy games against probably three of the bottom 10 teams in the league here. We're talking about top 10, but they're playing three bottom 10 teams in the league. They're going to get to 10 and 0 before they have that Sunday night matchup at home against Baltimore. I think that could be where their first loss ends up coming to them, but you know what? This is still a team that looks really, really good so far. Their defense has been stepping up in big ways. I think this is a team that can produce once we get to the postseason, I don't know how far they'll go. I don't see them beating Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, but I do think they're a very, very talented football team. All right, so that's our top three. We uh, we all have similar teams. I do actually – I'm going to jump into my number four here because we've already talked about this team. Uh, Dom, you might – I don't know, you might, you're might you probably going to like this. My number four team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I put the Bucs at number four. Um, look, Dom's already talked about it enough. This is my best defense in the NFL. Shaq Barrett from last year is the 2019 sack leader. Devin White is a top five linebacker in, in this league, no question in my opinion. Then you have a guy like Anthony Winfield Jr. back there at safety. And their, their offense is crazy, sneaky, crazy good, okay? It's a top five offense in the NFL, in my opinion. You know, if I start naming off names, you got Ronald Jones, Chris Godwin, healthy, Mike Evans, Gronk, you, you throw in there for the name, I guess. Antonio Tom, Brown. I was going to get there, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette. Uh, the, and then Dom also mentioned the one marquee win. They smashed the Packers, uh, and I, that was a great win. But my problem with it, what held me back from them, was they've had some problems with their two losses, okay? They, they had that, that low-point loss to the Bears. Uh, that, that was a Mitchell Trubisky-led – no, no, that was a Nick Foles-led Bears. Sorry, that was the first game. That was a Nick Foles-led Bears. It's a hard game, but they still lost. I can't put a top-three team in there when they lose to that their game against the Giants was too close for me I really didn't like that uh on Monday Night Football and then that Chargers game was also they were losing for a lot of that and I think if it weren't for some Herbert mistakes at the towards the end of the second half of that game they probably would have lost that game to the Chargers at home so they're my number four team obviously they have room to go up they have some more marquee games coming up uh and they also have that loss to the Saints I forgot to highlight that because they had two losses they lost to the Saints week one of the dome 
That's my number four team. Uh, Dom, if you want to go ahead, what's your number four team? Or wait, Josh, is your number four team the same? Yeah, I, I'm going to jump in because I have the same okay. team as you. I also have the Bucs. I put Pittsburgh ahead of them because I strongly disagree with something you said about the Bucs having the best defense in the league. Do not agree with that even slightly. I think Pittsburgh has the best defense in the league, no question. But you look at this Bucs team, they got away with a couple games. They should have lost that Chargers game. They probably should have lost the Giants game on Monday night. They just did not really look good in either of those two games. They got some favors from young quarterbacks who really can't produce too much yet. Justin Herbert can't produce, but he still struggles late in games to really step ahead and beat Tom Brady, obviously. And when you have Tom Brady on your team, you just find ways to win these ugly games like that that you probably don't deserve to win. But you have that veteran leadership and he's able to step out onto the field, forget what happened in the last 50 or so minutes, come out and score a touchdown on one drive. And that's what Brady does best. He's had all of these memorable moments throughout his career of putting up these touchdowns late in games and coming back and winning these games because he's Tom Brady. He's better than everyone he's playing against. And I think that they're getting these wins slightly because they have that veteran experience in Tom Brady, who's able to put them over the top. I don't think this is a good enough team to beat the powerhouses in Kansas City and Seattle, but I do think they're a very, very competitive football team. They probably will make the AFC championship game. I think the Packers are going to give them a tough time when they face NFC. them in the divisional NFC. Excuse me. I think that they will get a tough challenge for the Packers in the NFC divisional round, probably. I think the Packers are going to have some revenge on their mind in that game if they do face them, but I don't know who I would take in that game. It probably will go to the Bucks. I do think the Bucs are a good team. I don't see them getting past Seattle. All right. So, obviously, Dom, you cannot have the Bucs at number four. You had them number two. So, I'm curious how you can spice things up here because we've been going pretty coherently. Who is your number four team in the NFL right now? It's the other team that you guys have had in your top fours already. Uh, like Josh uh, said at the beginning, <laughs> we're going to we're gonna have the same top four teams. There's just going to be the order. Are the Pittsburgh Steelers in here? Still have some question marks about their offense. Uh I, I believe that what I said about the Colts and the Ravens, how far will the quarterbacks take them? I believe the same thing can be said about the Pittsburgh Steelers with Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, fortunately, all three of those teams have uh, borderline top five defenses. You know, uh, I'd say the excuse me, the Steelers and the Ravens do have top five defenses. Colts are right there as well. Uh, I, I just need to see a little bit more from the offense. Putting up twenty eight against the Ravens is a good sign. Uh, next time, try to do it without forcing four turnovers. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, but win's a win, so you got to give them Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. yeah There's 7-0 and for a reason. Yep, exactly. All right, so number four, our, a lot like our uh, quarterback list, our top four was pretty uh, pretty similar as we thought it was going to happen. Five is where I shook it, shook it up a bit last uh, time with the Ryan Tannehill pick. So I think five might get a little weird here. I actually don't think it will for this list. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with my number five. We've alluded to them a little bit, but I'm putting Green Bay at number five here. They're my number five team in the NFL right now. Uh, obviously, it's a it's a undisputed top 10 offense in the NFL. We have Aaron Rodgers looking like a top three quarterback in the NFL. We've already talked about Aaron Jones is an undisputed top five running back in the NFL right now, and he's healthy. Devontae Adams is obviously an elite tier wideout when he's healthy. Uh, Jair Alexander is making this defense look legit at times, but they're also inconsistent when they have games like they do against Tampa where they get blown up for 38 points. So inconsistency is my main point here for holding Green Bay out of the top, you know, top three spot, top four spot. 
Um, they do have one of the easy. I want to highlight this because I don't know if you guys are. I don't think you guys are talking about this. They have one of the easiest schedules going forward in the NFL, which I think is problematic for assessing them as a team. Okay, their hardest games so far have been the Tampa Bay game where they lost, and then I guess you could say at Saints, which is a narrow win. And then the upcoming games, their hardest games, they've obviously played the Bears twice, home and away, but the Bears' offense is crumbling again. The Bears don't look like a fallacy playoff team, and then they play the Titans at home. So in reality, in my opinion, they really only play one bona fide playoff team for the rest of the season, which means you can't really grade them that hard. So I have trouble putting them high up. Um, and they are, you know, inconsistent without a major win. Like I already alluded, their best win is against the Saints. And that bad loss, the Vikings, where they just got ran over by Dalvin Cook, bumped them down to number five for me. So my number five team is uh, Green Bay. I'll leave it up to whichever one of you wants to jump in with your number five. Uh, just go ahead. And take I'm going to jump in right here. First of all, Leo, I have no idea what you're talking about with this Green Bay Packers schedule. They still got to play a tough Bears defense twice, including week 17 in Chicago. That's never fun. And they got to play against the Colts in a couple weeks. They still got the Titans on their schedule in week 17. They got a Panthers and Lions team coming up in their schedule that you know I'm pretty high on. It's not a, it's not a cakewalk by any means. They got nine games left. I'm sure they'll win. I'm sure they'll win probably six of those games at least, but I do think it's definitely not a cakewalk for them anyway. I do have the Green Bay Packers at five. I think Aaron Rodgers is a man on a mission right now. Leo, have we had the same top five throughout so far? Uh, I think we differentiated. You went Kansas City, Seattle. I went Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Seattle. You went Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Seattle. Okay, but I – so we flip-flopped two and three, but we've been pretty similar so far. I do have the Green Bay Packers at five. I think Aaron Rodgers has looked great so far this season. Struggled a lot last week. But I want to go back to this Bucs game because I think it's a game that's really interesting when looking at this Green Bay Packers team because people forget they had a 10-0 lead in that game. They had a 10-0 lead with the ball. Aaron Rodgers throws that pick six, and the game just ended. They gave up. They threw in the towel. Rodgers was like, nope, I don't want to do this anymore, and they called it a game. Not exactly sure why that was. They just got a little bit deflated there, and that's what scares me about this Green Bay Packers team is not that – Aaron can throw a pick six once or twice a year. Not that they just get blown out like that in the game against the Bucs, but that one little play could happen and they can just throw it in the towel completely. They could forget about that lead that they had and just get frustrated and hung up on one play. And that's what concerns me with the Green Bay Packers. But I do think they're a good team. I don't know how well they can keep their head on right when we get later into the season, when they make one mistake, when it really hurts them. And I don't know how they're going to be able to respond to that because when they first faced adversity in that Tampa game, they gave up. And when they faced adversity against the Vikings, they also lost. So exactly. it'll be interesting to see going forward. Dom, uh, are you going to ride the cheese heads for number five here? Or are you throwing out a different team? I'm shaking your head. All right. So different team from Dom for number five. I, I think I have an idea who you're putting here. I am not sold on this Green Bay Packers team. A uh, couple of tough losses. Uh, we, we've seen them get pounded by the run a couple of times. Their rush defense is a big concern for me. When they fall behind, it's going to be a struggle for them to come back like we saw in the Vikings game and in the, Buc- and in the Buccaneers game. My number five team is going to remain in the same division I had as my number four team is going to be the Baltimore Ravens. I know Josh is going to like that. Completely understand. Now, I think Baltimore has one of the best defenses in the NFL and their offense has the capability of being a top offense in the league. Like we saw last year, is it going to be at that level? No, but I think the Baltimore is certainly 
capable of doing that. And when you look at their two losses, they're two two of the two teams that we had in our top uh, in our top of our power rankings, the the Chiefs and the Steelers. So I think that they're certainly capable of doing that. They got a tough schedule coming up. They got the Colts. Uh, they got the Patriots, who we we aren't high on, but Steelers. Uh, they still got a game against the Browns. Uh, but after that, you know, it, it eases up for them. This is certainly an 11 win team in my eyes. I'm going to put the Ravens at number five. All right. So this is definitely where we uh, delve into some uh, differences. So that's our number five Packers, two Packers, one Ravens. Josh is shaking his head. I'm going to let him go with his number six because, and maybe talk a little bit why. Josh, you have the Ravens on in your top 10. I do have the Ravens in my top 10. Okay. I didn't want to get that crazy, but I do think it's a bit absurd to say that one of the top five teams in the league has their reigning MVP quarterback who's just struggling and putting up four turnovers in a game like that against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's not a top five team that has their MVP getting four turnovers in their biggest game of the season. Not a chance. That's not a top five team for me. But they only lost by number four. Six. But they only lost by four to that team. And their yeah, quarterback and if the he doesn't have four turnovers, then if he doesn't them. have four turnovers, they probably then win they that beat game. Them. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and if your MVP is struggling like that, you're not a top five team. I'm sorry, but that's just not, that's for me. Maybe you disagree. Clearly you do. The Baltimore Ravens are not a top five team in my book. Let's go to number six. We really want some controversy. Here we are. Number six, I'm putting the Buffalo Bills. Oh I think this is, this team is ready to go. Okay. Look, the reason I'm ready to put this team this high is because you look at what happened this past week against the New England Patriots. Not only did the defense step up once again, this defense is back and ready to go, but you saw the production from the run game. That's what the Bills have been missing for most of the season. It doesn't start with Zach Moss, who did kind of have his breakout game against New England. It starts with the return of John Feliciano, offensive guard, who was out for the first seven games of the season, came back, and he was really producing for the run game despite the fact that Mitch Morse went down on the first possession of the game. If Mitch Morse comes back healthy soon and he's paired with Feliciano at left guard and Dawkins at left tackle, that left side of the offensive line is going to be great for the Bills to run behind and they'll really set up play action for Josh Allen. I think this is the sixth best team in the National Football League right now, and I think this team's ready to go. I, I heavily disagree. I, I seriously don't know how you can rank them above the Titans when the Titans beat them 42-16. to 16. That is absolutely mind-boggling to me. Absolutely because the Titans problem. just lost back-to-back games, one of them being against Cincinnati. Okay, but, but you they won sh- back-to-back they games. You won back-to-back games against two teams that have combined for two wins on the year. Sure. Makes, but, I, I, but I have the Bills coming I think shortly that, on my list. Don't get me wrong, but as, as I think you I have them on my list. I think you have them. I think, them. I think Tennessee is really struggling right now, specifically with that – loss against the Cincinnati Bengals and the Steelers loss is acceptable obviously but I don't know how you lose that game in Cincinnati I can't put you in the top six if you just lost to a team that at the time was what one five and one or something like that no right but Uh, the same thing is the the Bengals have been losing every single game by one possession They've been in those games. Yeah. It's like when you guys are talking about the you, Chargers. You know me. I've been saying that the Bengals are much better than they're getting credit for. But to come out there and just not even lose to the Bengals, they never had a shot in this game. They looked awful the entire 60 minutes. I mean, they just got flat out outplayed by Cincinnati. 
I mean, I, come on, there's no way this team is number six. I, I cannot put uh like the, that's not even uh, that's not even Titans are even my six and I can't put Buffalo above my six. Uh, but there's a couple. If you want to put another team there, then we can argue about that after. But the I, Titans, you can't put you can't put them ahead of the Bills after that Cincinnati loss. I'm sorry. Uh, I can and will later. Uh, let me get into my six now. My six now is the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I'm going to put Arizona number six in the league right now. Uh, I might take up some flag for, but look, t- they're a top five offense in the NFL, all right? Kyler Murray is the best dual threat quarterback of 2020, and you can't tell me he's not with how Lamar's playing. He's literally the best dual threat quarterback. I highlighted last year, I pulled up his rushing numbers, which are better than Lamar's numbers. If you say Josh Allen, I leave this podcast. Yeah, I, I will too. Please don't. I will leave this podcast if you say Josh Allen. He's a different type of dual threat. Yes, he definitely is. Different type of dual threat. He is not anywhere near Kyler Murray. Kyler Kyler Murray is a designed runner. Josh Allen is a scrambler. Okay, okay, I can get along with that. Okay, I thought you were talking about Josh Allen is a better scrambler than Kyler Murray. Okay, Okay. I can get along with that. Yes. Sure. Okay, we can do that. But uh, you see, Kyler Murray is still the best dual threat quarterback of 2020. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is, a, is another top three wideout. I refuse to hear anything else. He's a top three wideout. DeAndre wide Hopkins is a top one wide wideout. Okay, yes. that's better. Yep. So DeAndre Hopkins top three wideout. Christian Kirk, Larry Fitz are a good supporting cast. Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds. Kenyon Drake's disappointed, but those two are fine. This is a great offense. They're the number. They're the number sixth ranked statistic defense. I don't know if they're that high. If we put them that high, but look, they've got pieces in places. They've got veteran love and young love. All right, you got a Chandler Jones, Syracuse legend on this team. Uh, one of the most underrated defensive players in the NFL. He has been for years. Patrick Peterson's that veteran presence at cornerback. Buda Baker got that contract. He is a great player for in the safety position. And Isaiah Simmons is a sneaky good draft pick, and he proved it in that Seattle game. And then look, they have wins over two Super Bowl contenders. Okay. I know you're thinking for a second, wait, what do you mean two Super Bowl contenders? They beat Seattle. That's a Super Bowl contender. Guys, we're forgetting they beat a fully healthy San Francisco 49ers team at San Francisco. That is a Super Bowl contending team. I, I, I you, you have to at least say they're Super Bowl hopeful, Dom, at least when they're fully the, healthy. The like Niners that. were a Super Bowl contender week one, no question. Sure, so that's yeah. two wins against Super Bowl contenders. Absolutely. So that's. Yeah. Or, yeah, so the Niners are no longer Super Bowl contenders, but at the time, the San Francisco 49ers had Super Bowl hopes. Absolutely. When they were fully okay. healthy, yeah. So, so that those two wins are big, and those are in division wins too, which gives it even more. So that's why I am riding the Cardinals at this number six spot. Uh, they're definitely going to be a playoff team, in my opinion. I put them above in front of the Buffalo Bills as well. So that's uh, that. Dom, you haven't given your number six team. I'm curious what you're thinking here because it doesn't seem like you have the Cardinals there. What do you what do you what are you thinking here for number six? I don't. I have the Cardinals shortly after. They're my number seven team. I might as well get that out of the way. My number six team is the Indianapolis. I'll say that they're Colts. my number seven team as well. Okay. You have the Colts have, at six. I have the Indianapolis Colts at six. Uh wow. I know I'm gonna catch some heat for this, but uh their loss to the Browns, once again, Phillip Rivers was just so bad in that game. It was tough to watch. And Phillip Rivers Never plays well in Cleveland. Outside of that, pretty impressive slate of wins. They they held the Bears to only 11 points, which, you know, when you look at it, you know, it's the Bears. But still, to do that, uh, very impressive. They absolutely slaughtered the Jets, slaughtered the Vikings, slaughtered the Lions. And they had to make a nice comeback win against the Cincinnati Bengals. They, they got off to a really slow start in that game. They rebounded, ended up beating them. So, I've been very impressed with this defense. And like I've said before, I think they have enough offensive weapons, very good offensive line that gives Phillip Rivers the opportunity to win the ball games. I have the Annapolis Colts at six. 
Wow. Uh, I don't have the Colts on my top 10. They're my 11. I'll say that right now. Strongly disagree I with that. strongly disagree with that. And I think I know who your 10th team is that sneaks in for them. And we'll get into that argument when you officially say it. But I will nine, really get on you for that one. Not nine, nine. You're going to hate nine. But if your nine is the team that I think it is, I'm really going to get on you for that one. Uh, look, I need the Colts to. If another team from I, I, the state I, of. If another team from the state of Pennsylvania is on this list, we're going to have a serious problem. No, 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 no. no. Okay. It's not going to be that team. All right. No, no, Leo, no, no, no. If another team from the state of Pennsylvania is on this list, you're removed from this podcast. Oh, I'm not putting the Eagles anywhere near top 10. Okay. Good. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Let's make that crystal clear right now. Right, I, I just, I just, I just need to see a bit more um, out of the Colts front because, like, I, I have problems with the, I have problems with Phil Rivers, a lot of problems with it. So I, I want to see some more marquee wins, some more in division wins. But you know, I, it's, I, I, I don't think the pick's crazy, Dom. I understand where you're coming from. I'm just lower on the Colts. Sure. And then I already give my number seven team away, so I might as well justify it. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, uh, like Leo said, top dual threat quarterback in the league. I'm gonna give that, uh, I'm gonna give that to Russell Wilson. Uh, if I'm going to be completely honest, I think Russell Wilson adds significantly more value with his arm, and he's almost as valuable with his legs as Kyler Murray. They don't they don't Kyler use has, his legs. It, it depends what you classify dual threat as. They don't that's use the his legs. They don't use his legs as much. That's because they can get more value out of his arm. Now, exactly. he, doesn't, he doesn't have a rushing I, touchdown this year because they don't want him to run. I okay. He's so much more effective passing the ball. And if he runs the ball, he's more likely to potentially get hit and get injured. So they don't want him running the ball because he's their entire offense. As good as the rest of the offense is, that offense doesn't function without Russell I I have a different definition of dual threat than this, which is. Yes, Uh, you do, which is fine. uh, I mean, I did rank Kyler Murray higher than both you two on my quarterback list, if that says anything about where I think of Kyler Murray. Anyways. Very impressive offense and a very underrated defense for this Arizona Cardinals team. They're five and two in the best division in football. Still are yet to play the best defense in this division, which is the Los Angeles Rams. Now a healthy 49ers team uh, is the best defense, but well, we'll see that they still haven't right now. They haven't played the Rams yet. Still got to play the Seahawks one more time. 49ers could always beat them as well. I think this team has been very impressive. How they stack up against this Dolphins team this upcoming week. But next three weeks are going to be very telling for this Cardinals team. Dolphins, one of the best defenses in the league. Best defense scoring-wise. Bills, one of the best offenses in the league. Uh, And then the Seahawks. And the defense has been playing much better recently. And overall defense. Yes, defense has been much, playing much better recently. Yeah, I would I would say the Bills' defense is overrated because a lot of people are thinking that their defense is the same from last year. That's just Which not the case. Right, yes. But an offense that is very underrated, I would say. Absolutely. And, then, and I do and think they, that the Bills will get their defensive strides back and probably end up as a bottom of the top 10 defenses at the end of the season. But right now, they're not there yet. Right, and then the Seahawks the week after the Bills. Very tough three games upcoming for them. And then the Seahawks game is on Thursday Night Football. So that, that Bills game is going to be very interesting for them, seeing how they transition from that to the Seahawks. Absolutely. The next three weeks is when the Arizona Cardinals prove if they are a legit football team or not. I have them in my seventh spot as well, just because I really like what they've been doing on defense recently. And I really like Chase Edmonds on that backfield as well. I think he provides a really nice complimentary piece to Kyler Murray in that running game. But Dom really hammered the nail right into that one. The next three weeks, you got Dolphins at home, Bills at home then quick turnaround to go to Seattle. 
if they win two of these three games, I'm willing to say that this Arizona team is legit and could really do some damage. I really like the way they've been playing so far. I think Cliff Kingsbury actually is a really good head coach. I'm really curious to see what this team can do down the stretch, and I look forward to watching them play soon. I'm really excited for this Bills-Cardinals game because I think that's going to be a fun matchup. I think that the fact that they get to play in Arizona for those two games is going to be monumental. Uh, Arizona is weirdly one of the hardest places for people to come play uh, football in. Uh, you know, Seattle's obviously cursed in there. Uh, there have been some playoff games. Like Aaron Rodgers has been has lost in that building. That building is, is, is such a home field advantage. They're a little less fans, so it's not as much, but I think it's important they don't have to go to Buffalo. It's also, you got to think that it's a long way to travel for a lot of teams as well. Yes. So that's both your guys' number seven. So I guess since uh, that leaves my number seven, I have Baltimore here at number seven. Uh, Baltimore Ravens are going to be my number seven. Uh, Dom, like Dom already mentioned, he talks about them a bit. This is the second best defense in the AFC. Oh, no, sorry, the best defense in the AFC, the, the second best one in the NFL for me. Uh, look, they're five and two second place in this division just because of the Steelers. Uh, they whooped up on divisional teams, which I give bonus points to because it's always harder to win divisional games. They beat the Browns by 32. They beat the Bengals by 24. The only time the Bengals have really lost a game outside of one score was when they got whooped up by the Ravens. Uh, their, no, their only two losses on the seasons are to my number one and two teams. Okay, so that 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 obviously you know give you got to give a little bit of leeway there because it was to the Chiefs and Steelers. Uh, obviously, we talked about 20, 2019 MVP Lamar Jackson. If he steps up, this team is unstoppable because he has the weapons around him. Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown, Jackie Dobbins getting carries here. Uh, but they still need the marquee win. That's why I'm putting them back. And Lamar's playing uh, pretty terribly right now. Uh, so he's looking like a glorified running back again. He's kind of falling into the memes here. So that's where I have the Ravens at. The Ravens are seven. Uh, I, I'm going to leave the floor open for the number eight team here. Uh, whichever one of you wants to take it, you can run with it. I'll jump Dom, in. You wanna... I'll, I'll go with the Tennessee Titans in here at number eight. Obviously, the past two weeks have been very concerning for them, but what they did in their first five games is impressive enough for me to put them in at number eight. I think that win against the Buffalo Bills was very telling about this team, 42-16. to 16. They were also able to come from behind to beat the Houston Texans and then win that game in overtime. We've also seen this team can win in multiple ways offensively. We know that they have Derrick Henry, the best running back in National Football League, and they also have Brian Tannehill, who is still an emerging underrated quarterback in this league. We all had him in our top 10. Now, the secondary has to step up. It'll be interesting to see how they step up in the secondary with, when Desmond King comes in. Now, they do get uh, a bit of a break this upcoming week on the defensive end because they do face the Chicago Bears, who have struggled mightily. Uh, their, their defensive line, which we've seen with a lot of teams in the past, uh, has not been able to carry this defense. I mean, just the past couple of weeks, the amount of points they've allowed, 30 to the Jags, 30 to the Vikings. Uh, I mean, they, they held the Bills offense in check. But then 36 to the Texans, 27 to the Steelers, 31 to the Bengals. That is concerning. Now, I think Desmond King can help with that, especially over the middle of the field, uh, give their D-line a little bit more of a time to get to the pasture. I believe they also released – uh, who that defensive lineman who went to Clemson, Vic Beasley. Vic, Vic Beasley, Beasley, they just released yeah. him, yes. So we'll see how that also has an effect on them. But game against the Bears, Colts, Ravens, Colts, Browns. That 
is brutal. They need to go three and two on the stretch, maybe even survive at two and three and then be a seven and five team going into the final stretch, which is Jaguars, Lions, Packers, Texans. They can easily win three out of the four of those games. I think the Titans are the eighth best team in the NFL. They certainly still look like a playoff team, but the, the past weeks are concerning. I'm going to jump right in here real quick, Dom. I love to hear it. My number eight team is the Tennessee Titans as well. Uh, I would have had them higher if that Bengals loss didn't look as ugly as it did. And you already highlighted it. I don't really talk much about it. It's the defense for this team. Uh, Mike Vrabel needs to shore up some defensive problems. And this team could easily climb this list again. Uh, you already mentioned the marquee win. They smashed the Buffalo Bills, uh, who are somehow in front of them on Josh's list. Uh, I still don't understand that. Um, Cincinnati. They beat them. They beat them by nearly thirty. They lost to Cincinnati. That's things that's change just, every right. week in this league, my friend. That's just all right. Okay, so yeah, they're my number eight team. I'm not gonna talk about it too much. Josh, who's uh, your number eight team here? All right. Well, I'm gonna give my number eight team and my number nine team here because they do kind of get paired together with my number eight. We're gonna stick in the AFC South, and I'm gonna go with the Indianapolis Colts. I really like what they've been doing on the defensive side of the ball. Like I said earlier, when I highlighted my game of the week and Phillip Rivers just starting to piece it together, figuring it out how to use Naheem Hines well, how to use some of his other weapons. And at number nine, I have the Baltimore Ravens. Here's where I'm finally going to put them in. I don't think they've been as good as people have been hoping this year. They still have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. They're obviously a top 10 team. I have them at number nine here. But I wanted to put these two teams together in my eight and nine because they happen to be matched up with each other this week. The Baltimore Ravens are traveling to Indianapolis this weekend to face off with the Colts. And I think that's going to be a really interesting game to watch. I think the Colts are the better team, but I do think it's going to be a really, really fun game to see this Colts defense try to slow down Lamar Jackson. All right. So there's your number nine team. Uh, I'm going to go to last because I know I'm going to get some flack from a number nine team here. Dom, uh, who do you have at your ninth spot here to close, almost close out the list? I have the Buffalo Bills in at number nine. They're certainly a top 10 team. When I originally did my list, I had them at number seven. And then after reevaluating, I moved them down to number nine. Uh, their, their wins don't really sell me. Uh, the Rams, they're up 28 to seven in that game or 28 to three. Yeah. They almost blew it against uh, an offense that really just pounded the ball down the throat. Uh, we saw a nice win on the road against the Raiders. Uh, we'll give them credit there. Blasted by the Titans, struggled against the Chiefs, struggled offensively against the Jets, at least putting up points, which is all that matters. I, I know you're going to say we had 300 yards and we moved the ball like 30 yards on almost every drive, but yeah, score points in this league. That's what it comes down to. And struggled offensively against the Patriots, only put up 24 points. So this elite offense that we saw the first couple of weeks has – come down a little bit. The defense is stepping up, like we have already mentioned. That's why they're a top 10 team. This is one of the more well-balanced teams in the NFL. Certainly looks like they're going to win the AFC East, unless they fall apart in the back half and the Miami Dolphins uh, keep surging like they have been. I'm not entirely sure that's going to happen. Big two-week stretch for the Bills. Seahawks, then Cardinals, and they're facing two teams that are you know pretty solid teams in the Chargers and the 49ers. They can certainly beat you if they play well. And Steelers, so big upcoming five-game stretch. They could easily go four and one in this upcoming stretch. They could easily go one and four. Uh, really depends on what Josh Allen shows up, what defense shows up, what the rest of the offense shows up. Uh, the Bills can win in multiple ways. Uh, I will say that. I have them at number nine. They're, they're a top-ten team in my eyes. 
Absolutely. You've got to pull out three of those next four, I think, is what's going to be key for this team to really find a good spot in the postseason. And what I do want to mention is something that you said that this team finds a lot of different ways to win ball games. Josh Allen can win the ball game. The running game can win the ball game. We saw on Sunday that the defense can win the ball game with Justin Zimmer stepping up and making a big play on the defensive line, forcing that fumble from Cam Newton. Defense can win games for this team as well. There's a lot of different ways that this team can come out and win a game, and that's one of the great things about this team. All right, well, it's time for me to take some uh, flack uh, for this number nine team. There's no way you guys I, the New Orleans Saints are my number nine team in the NFL right now. Um, so the number they are sneaky good. They've won their last four games. Uh, I love veteran leadership here. Sean Payne, Drew Brees are a pretty good duo. Yes, we've been sh- we've been uh, you know playing down how Drew Brees has been playing this year. That's bona fide, but you know he's playing about just as well as I think Philip Rivers is playing, and he's, he, he can throw the ball just as far as Philip Rivers can. Look, the defense is obviously a problem. Alvin Kamara is a top three running back in the NFL. I think Michael Thomas coming back is going to be crazy good for them. And look, we're all for, everyone likes to forget that they beat you know my number four team, Dom's number two team in, in the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers at home to start the year off. And I'm not going to use the stupid excuse of week one doesn't mean anything because it's a football game. They still won the game. They beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think this game against the Bucs in Tampa on Sunday is going to be crazy important for to show you guys that, you know, this team is this team is being underrated just because of some slow struggles and some slow starts. Um, and their two losses are coming to a playoff hopeful team, the Raiders. All right, I'll admit that was a bad loss. And then the Packers, they lost you by seven at home. That was a tough loss. They had a tough game in Soldier Field last week. They pulled out the win. That's an elite defense we've been talking about. And then they're, they're clutch, okay? I want to talk about their clutch. They've already won two OT games this year. So I, I will catch all the flack I want. I like seeing teams on win streaks. They've won four in a row, and none of them were easy games. To be, okay, at least half of them were easy games. New Orleans Saints are my number nine team in the NFL right now, and I will stand by it all you want. That's my number nine team. I got to ask, what made you put the Saints ahead of the Colts? Um, I like the Saints wins better against divisional opponents, and I need to see more from the Colts against divisional opponents and some better teams. And we will see that in the upcoming weeks. The Colts are my eleven. Okay, I could not disagree with you more there. I think you're looking too much at who's winning against what teams and not just what you have on the roster. I, let, here's the way I like to break it down. You still have think, stars on the Saints defense that nobody's talking about. They're, let me, let me they're talk, not let me playing well. And they're, they're playing all playing well. terribly, exactly. But when you, I break you, it down you picked, here... You picked a Chicago Cubs team to win the NL and with their entire player base not playing well, so I'm not going to hear flack about not Because they're stars still young well. talent. They're still younger guys you picked, who could turn it on baseball's a different sport guys turn it off and on much easier than they do in football let me talk this point out i just hear hypocrisy indianapolis colts against the new orleans saints okay a little old no they didn't play in the super bowl never mind yes they did (laughs) they did play in the super bowl i am right okay never mind but you look at this matchup here right i think when you're thinking about these two teams i think we have a top five offense in the new orleans saints i'll hand you that one and I think we have a top five defense in the Indianapolis Colts, right? I don't think you can argue either of those points. I think those are both pretty clear. But you got to look at the other side of the ball. What am I much more comfortable with? The Colts offense led by a veteran quarterback in Phillip Rivers and a lot of weapons on that offensive side of the ball and a really good offensive line. Or would you rather have a Saints defense that's historically awful, has not held a team to under 
historically awful, has not held a team to under 23 points, less than 23 points this season. In the two games they held them to 23 with the Bucks week one when Brady was still trying to figure out how to work with all his new toys in Tampa and against the Chicago Bears. I do not think this defense is good at all. It will hinder any opportunity this team has to get any success in the postseason. I am very, very low on the New Orleans Saints. I do not understand how you can say that this team is better than the Indianapolis Colts, and I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Look, you know, you you used some hypocrisy throughout there because you are one person who is advocated for talent is talent, even if they're playing bad. That's in a different sport. Brain. In a different I, sport, <laughs> it's it's talent. It's you. It transcends sports, in my opinion. And then also, no, Sean baseball Payne, is different. Talent Payne, turns it on easier in baseball and football. Sean Payne has this team playing better again. They're four and zero, and I think he's going to shape up this defense pretty well. And Michael Thomas coming back is going to be crazy good for them. They've rattled off four wins in a row, so I'm putting them at nine. Uh, I'm not going to hear any slant. The Saints are a historically good October team as well. I do want to point that out. Okay, I'm not going to hear any slack when you put Buffalo Bills 6 and the Tennessee Titans 8 when one of those teams lost by 20. I, I like haven't said Titans yet, by the way. Oh, that's even more problematic. So I don't even want to hear it at this point. I, that's, that's the Colts are better than the Titans as well. I, 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 had to I, have I would the disagree. Colts ahead of the Titans. I would disagree, personally. But, and uh, <laughs> so would Dom with his. Or, no, no, not. I, I will say right now the Titans are my number 10. Since we all have gone through our nine, I do have the Titans at number 10. They do have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. I like their defense. I love Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill is doing much better recently, but I don't understand how you can lose a game in Cincinnati like that. They just got absolutely outplayed on all three phases of the game, completely destroyed. The score doesn't even show how bad that game was. Don't understand how that happened. Really makes me question them a lot. If we did this last week, I probably would have had the Titans much higher, but you look at that loss to Cincinnati and I just get really scared about it. Here's what I have to say about the New Orleans Saints, because I got cut off about that, which is fine. We're having a good discussion. Their last four wins are against the Lions, not a good team. The Chargers, not a good team. The Panthers, not a good team. Dom, I'm going to interrupt you real quick. I hate to do that, but Matthew Stafford has just been placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. I I did just want to point that out because that is some big news there. Very disappointing. They're playing who this week? Probably David Blow again. Oh, they're playing the Vikings. The Vikings. Oh, interesting game. Okay. That's uh, a tough loss for a team that I'm pretty high on. In yeah. The Detroit Lions, though. Still, Lions, not a great team. Chargers, not good. Panthers, not good. Bears, you know, we've all discussed, not good. They beat all those teams by one score. You have to be able to beat these good teams, these not good teams, by multiple scores. I don't see that from the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Now, they have won four straight. Uh, I have them right in the same group. I had them at, I had 11. Uh, I had the Titans at number nine. Those are two teams that aren't beating teams by a lot of points, so they are better than them. So I have those teams right in the same area. I, I just don't see it in the Saints. Their defense is also a problem like the Titans. I think these are two teams that are very comparable, the Titans and the Saints. Struggling defense good offense, not beating bat, not beating good teams by multiple scores. Uh, they are finding those victories, but that's the way I look at those two teams. I feel like that's I think it's surface level. They are pretty similar, but once you break it down a little more, you see a little more talent on that Titans defense. And I think they're two very different offenses as well that live by very different things. And 
I think the Titans are a better team than the Saints. That's why I put them at number 10 and don't have the Saints in my top 10. I think they're just a more balanced offensive attack. Obviously, Alvin Kamara is very good, but I think you can't really give him the 25, 30 carries a game. You're going to need to give him in a January snow game in the postseason. Like, they can't do that with Alvin Kamara. You can do that with Derrick Henry. I think when you get late in the season, Derrick Henry is still going to have that tread on the tires. You don't know if Alvin Kamara will. I'd rather be the Tennessee Titans than the New Orleans Saints, no question. That's a crazy hypothetical. You're forgetting about Michael Thomas. You're forgetting about Marshawn Lattimore. You're forgetting about Cam Jordan. I, I don't Cam Lattimore. Jordan is really old. I, I, you, Cam Jordan is still, really old. These are old. still talented players, and I, I can't. Marshawn. Marshawn Lattimore is a, is been it was overrated in his first yes. year, but he's still yes. he's yes. still comparable. He's top fifteen corner in the NFL, which yes. is what you want, which is what you want. He's a number yes. one corner. Sure. Yes. yes. Uh, I, I'm fine with that. You know, you'll just get proved wrong. It's fine. It's whatever. We'll go forward with it. My uh, my Dom- number ten. My number ten team is a team that you guys had at number five. I already discussed my reasons for not being so high on them. The Green Bay Packers. I have them. At oh, number yeah, 10. Wow. Yeah. That's well, low. I mean, it is low. But you, you've, really seen low. A, you've seen a team that has really struggled to defend the run, and it was really uh, exposed by Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook scored four touchdowns in the team's first four drives. Yikes. That, that's never a good sign. And you're looking at a team that, once again, hasn't necessarily blown out a ton of teams. Now, they are getting better wins than some of those other teams, but – I don't know when you when you lose a game like that, you just get absolutely exposed in the run, and then your quarterback Aaron Rodgers didn't even look great in this game. Now I think they might have been preparing for the 49ers a bit. We'll see about that. I certainly think that they'll win that game against the 49ers, given how injured they are, and then they play the Jaguars the week afterwards. So uh, I, I would assume this team's going to be at seven and two, and they'll jump up my list. But for now, I have them at number ten. Dom, remind me your five through nine again. I'm curious to see who you had above Green Bay. I had Baltimore, Buffalo, Indy, Kyrie. Arizona, Tennessee, and Buffalo. Those are all I'm surprised teams you put the Bills above the Packers. I think that's kind of ridiculous. I'm surprised you put Arizona above them. Well, and the thing I about all those teams is that all those teams that I just listed have two losses. Yeah. So very, it's you're looking at the top four teams, and then from yeah, the five gap to, from four to five, five is massive, and then the gap from five to eleven is very small. And it's really just picking and choosing what teams you like, in my opinion. I, I think 11 is a little further off. And I think we got some teams down in like that 10 to not 11 to 15 yeah, range I mean, that are in some competition teams. with them as well. Like, I think we're overlooking teams like the Raiders. We're overlooking teams like the Browns, potentially the Rams, the, Rams the and Dolphins, Bears, Dolphins. the Dolphins as well. Those are teams that could do damage later in the season. They just need to put some pieces together and kind of get hot. So these are teams that could be in the top 10 later in the season. They're still not there yet, but they got some pieces that just need to click. Agreed. All right. So I haven't done my 10, by the way. Uh, I, my, bad. my 10 is the Buffalo Bills. Uh, so Buffalo does make the top 10. I have them at number 10. I wanted to put them higher, but I started looking into stuff and I realized I can't put them higher. Uh, and I have them lower than the Saints. And it's because, look, they don't have – I don't like their wins – uh, Dom already went into it. Yeah, they're six and two. They're leading the AFC East. The AFC East is the worst division in, in, in the AFC. I, I don't get scared. I know one of you thousand say the league. No, that's the NFC East. Don't worry. I, you can hold your breath. But the AFC East is the worst division in the AFC. Uh, that's undisputed. Uh, the defense has a lot of great pieces. They're statistically the 16th ranked defense right now. Uh, 
their record is bloated in my opinion because they played in the worst division. They played two games against the Jets. One of those was just not a convincing win at all. I don't. I, I, it wasn't a game of the week. Uh, it was an 18 to 10 win. And then I think the Patriots are really bad. And they, that game was kind of close. I know it's like the historic collapse of the empire or whatever it was, but I, I didn't like that Patriots team to begin with. Their that, best win that is- was a, That was a statement win. I'm sorry. Going in and beating the Patriots is a statement win for the Buffalo Bills. I don't care what the record shows. That's- I don't care who's playing for New England. As long as Bill Belichick is standing on that sideline in Buffalo, if the Bills come out with a win, that's a statement win. I think that's Sorry. team bias you're talking about, which is it's fine. It's not team bias. It's looking at the history of Bill Belichick being 18-2 and two in Buffalo in his last 20 games in Buffalo. That's all you need to know. Getting that's, over that hump is a mental barrier for this team. That's a statement win, no question. I, that's No team question. That's team No, bias. it's not. Uh, that's Absolutely. Dom, chime in here. I'm curious to know what you think. That's – I. I think that if the Bills lost, we're having a discussion about are the Patriots still in this division? Now, since they Absolutely. didn't, it's very evident that the Bills are at the top of the division. The Patriots are dead. I said they were dead on our last show. Yes, uh, you did. But I, I don't. I think that it just it's just solidified what what I thought because I could have been wrong, and if I was wrong, I would have had to take it back, and I would look like a clown. Did it look like a clown? No, so thank you, Bills. Uh, appreciate that. But I think it just re-solidified what we had already said that this was the Bills division for the moment. I, I think Fine, I think even John- with that, solidifying the fact that you're the best team in the division for the first time in 20 years is making a statement. I'm also not like entirely convinced that this is absolutely your division. I think that you're I have to agree with that, to be honest with you with you. I think Miami is fantastic. But right. I, I have them at number 12, so and I have the Bills at 9, so it's not too far off from what I've seen. Now, the Bills do have that win against the Dolphins already, so I think this mm-hmm. certainly is the Buffalo Bills division, but I think that the Dolphins are certainly capable of coming back. Now, they do have a tough schedule down the road, but we'll see. It's going to be a fun ride in the AFC East because it's not going to involve the Patriots. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really get to finish my uh, Buffalo talk. Um, we can disagree on what you think of the Patriots game all you want. Um, look, they're t- they have two wins against the the Jets. Uh, they their best win is is against a team that we barely have outside of our top ten, which is the Raiders. Uh, it's not they're not even on our list, so that's their best win. They don't have. I've said throughout this entire season that I think the Raiders are a playoff team, and I think they're very talented on both sides of the ball. I think that's a great road win. Uh, I think that is a good win. That's not a marquee win uh, at all. Uh, the Raiders team, you know, they're, they're not, they're, they're barely, are they barely, would they be a playoff team in the uh, regular NFL season? No. Yeah. They, they still they would get that sixth spot. Absolutely. I don't think with the standings, they would have it right now. I'm pretty sure. I believe they would. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I'm at the end, at sure. the end of 16 games, they will probably have that sixth spot. I don't, I don't know about that. I think they get in the playoffs because they, uh, they um they get an A spot. I mean they're yeah they're four and three. The the, the Ravens would get one of those spots because they're five and two. And the Colts yeah, would get as so of right now they would not have that sixth spot. I think at the end of the season they will. I'm not concerned. So regardless, they're a team that's not on any of our lists, and they uh, are, that's their best win, undisputed. And I don't like how Josh Allen is playing right now at all. Uh, I have a problem with it. Uh, look, he he slumped out of the MVP talks. We already know that. That he's in his last four games, he's 61% completion percentage. He's he's four for four on TDs to INTs. I'm sure he has more fumbles as well in that stretch. I didn't look at, so he has more turnovers than touchdowns. 
And he has two games below 155 yards passing. So I have problems with this. Because why would he throw the ball against the Patriots when they were putting six and seven defensive backs on the field every snap? There's no reason to throw the ball. He he threw the ball. I mean, he threw the ball a bunch of times in that game. He he threw it a decent amount. I don't remember the five times, I believe the numbers were. That's that's a decent amount of times. I mean, that's That's not compared to the rest of the season. Nothing. I, I that's, stat, that's still you know he completed uh, near what fifty percent of his passes and it was uh, it was under like it was like one hundred twenty two yards so I don't like that. Here's a stat. I, I don't you think guys. the Patriots On, are a good team. The Patriots had thirty six snaps in defense, putting six defensive backs on the field. They had eighteen snaps with seven defensive backs on the field. So that's fifty four combined snaps with six or seven defensive backs on the field. Obviously, you're going to be running the ball a lot when you have that many defensive backs on the field. It's just easier to. Put the when there's less guys in the box, you run the ball more effectively. So why would Josh be throwing the ball when the run game was producing so well against New England? I don't think you can look at the passing yards numbers and say, oh, Josh Allen was unimpressive. Because why would he throw the ball in that game? It's that simple. I uh, I just I look the stats the stats don't lie. Besides, out, it's not even it's outside of that game too. So I'm not even entertaining the idea that it's just that game. Uh, he didn't. He didn't look. He hasn't looked at the MVP form at all, and I would. Oh, he he hasn't looked MVP form. I'm not going to argue you with that at all. Josh Allen is not going to be the MVP of the league this year. He doesn't deserve it. No one deserves it that isn't named Russell Wilson. However, Josh Allen is still one of the better quarterbacks in the league right now. He's a top ten quarterback, and he's playing pretty darn well. Uh, I would disagree, and uh, I think Buffalo's going to go zero two in this next stretch to bump them out of my list because uh, they're playing the top tier of the NFC West. Uh, so I'm low on Buffalo for that reason, and uh, they ran down my list at 10. I put the Colts at 11th. So that's, that's, all, that's all the list. Game picks, yes. Uh, move on to game picks. Uh, let me see here. We're going to have to rapid fire these as well. Um, let me just – I have my thing on week eight still. Give me just a second. I think the Thursday night game, I don't know if, we're play, if they're going to play it. Uh, keep in mind, because the Niners had a testing problem. They had a person test positive. They've shut down their thing. I haven't heard any extra news from it yet. Um, but Green Bay is still planning on traveling. Uh, it's Green Bay at San Francisco. This game is pretty simplistic to pick. Um, I think I – oh, yeah, shoot, I forgot. I need to update the standings real quick. Uh, Dom had a bad down week last week. Uh, he, he whiffed on a couple of picks, and it, it gave me – the ability to come back. Uh, the standings are me and Dom are at 42. Uh, Josh is at 40. So Josh keeps gets also gets closer to Dom and I'm tied with Dom. Uh, the picks that helped me out really well were I picked the Raiders when they both picked the Browns and I was the only one that picked the Steelers when they both picked the Ravens. Uh, obviously we got burned on some upsets as well, but yeah, those are the standings for week, uh, week nine, I guess for us uh, going into week nine, uh, obviously the Thursday night football game. I don't really think I have to say much here because I think, we all know what we're doing here, right? I mean, Josh, you can go ahead and fire it off with who you're picking with this Packers. Yeah, Packers. well, first of all, we're questioning if they're even going to play this game as of right now they're planning on playing, but I know the Niners facility is shut down today, Wednesday, due to a potential COVID-19 outbreak. Dom, are you really eating candy corn right now? I am, candy corn's yes. a lead, so leave them alone. All right, yeah. right, we're going to get into that debate later. Candy corn is absolutely awful, but no, it's not. It's your we're, so good. we're questioning if they're going to be playing this football game. Sorry to interrupt there about the candy corn. I just needed to acknowledge that Dom is eating actual crap. Um, but we're questioning if we're going to be playing this game here. I think they will. Hopefully we'll see if not, they're going to replay it eventually. It doesn't matter where you play. It doesn't matter when you play it. The Packers are going to win this game. They're the better team. The Niners are beat up right now. Give me the Green Bay Packers. 
All right, Dom. I mean, is there anything else you really need to say here? I mean, I feel like you're just going to pack. Uh, well, I, I, you're low on the pack. Yeah, so the 49ers. Maybe. The 49ers' strength offensively is running the football, and the weakness of the Packers is rush defense. Now, with that being said, I think the 49ers' offense is significantly more one-dimensional without Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and Jimmy Garoppolo. So, for that reason, I'm going to take the Packers. It should be a close game. All right. Um, so yeah, it's everyone for the Packers. Let's move on to the next game I have slated here. It's a, it's a NFC least battle. Uh, it's the one in seven giants off there. Uh, it's weird to say it. impressive loss, I guess. Like it wasn't, a, it wasn't as bad as people were thinking loss to the Bucks on Monday night football. And you've got this uh, Washington football team off the bye, I believe, right? Yeah. They're off the bye uh, two and five. Uh, so the football team hosting the giants, I'll go first here. Um, I'm actually going to pick the Giants going here and win this game. Uh, I know the I know the football team's defense is decent enough to like get them wins, but uh, uh, I like how the Giants played last game. I think Danny Dimes tightens up those turnovers. If he tightens up those turnovers, they beat that Bucks team at home. So I'll take the Giants to win this game. That's my pick. Uh, Dom uh, seems to disagree with me, but well, Dom, I, so what do you think I, with this one? I strongly disagree with your point that you think Danny Dimes is going to uh, tighten up the turnovers. That's just never going to happen. Uh, okay. He's basically, well, he's, basically he's an athletic Philip Rivers is my comp. Uh, I, I think that both these two teams have very underrated defenses. I think that what you saw on Monday Night Football was a product of the Buccaneers overlooking the Giants and preparing for the New Orleans Saints, and that's why the Giants Fair. were able to hang in there, hang in that game, especially in the first half when they were winning, and then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers adjusted at halftime. Should be a good game. I'm going to take the football team coming off the bye week. Uh, Coach Rivera is out of cancer treatment, so I feel like he can now focus a little bit more on this game, get this team ready to go. There is no Landon Collins in this game. He is on IR, but I will still take the football team. I'm also going to take the football team. I said this last week plenty of times, and I'm going to say it again. I struggle to pick against a good head coach coming off of the bye, and I've always been a huge fan of Ron Rivera's. I think he produced really well in Carolina, obviously making a Super Bowl with Cam Newton in that 15-1 and MVP season that Newton had. He's produced a lot of really good teams over the years. Obviously, this isn't one of his really good teams, but I am going to take the football team playing against a bad Giants team coming off the bye. I'm going to go with the good coach here in Ron Rivera. All right. So, everyone, so sorry, just to recap, we both take the football team here? Yes. Or, uh, yep. And I take the – okay. All right, I got the Giants and Danny Dimes. Shout out, Evan Ingram. Hope you play well. I need you to play well. Uh, a little fantasy plug there. Anyways, moving on to the next game. No one game. cares about your fantasy team. Uh, I care about my fantasy team, and Dom should too because he's in my division. So there's two people right there. Uh, uh, moving on to the next one, we've got Bears at Titans. Uh, this is a bounce-back game for the Titans potentially. Uh, the Bears obviously coming off that heartbreaker OT loss. Uh, where they watched a football go through the double doink post instead of double doink this time around, except it wasn't their team. So it hurts. That sucks. Uh, Josh, I'm going to go to you first here. What are you thinking with this uh, game? It is two five-win teams. So This is a tough game. I mean, the Bears are not good, but they just find ways to win somehow. I don't really know how they do it, but they've been finding ways to win football games, and they just – do it with a good defense. Their offense steps up when it needs to once in a while, and they'll make one or two plays. It'll get them the game. They haven't been making those one or two plays in the last couple of weeks after losing to the Rams and the Saints. 
So I'm going to go with the Titans because when you're struggling to find ways to win for a team that somehow finds ways to win in weird games, maybe the luck's starting to run out now with the Bears. I think it could be. I'm going to go with King Henry and the Titans here. All right. I'm going to ride Josh's wave. I will also take the Titans here. Dom, are you uh, venturing some Chicago love here or what are you thinking? I will also take the Titans with you guys. Both these teams are coming off back-to-back losses. One of them will get back into their winning ways. I think that the Titans defense will step up against the very poor Bears offense. And I think that uh, you can't fix the bad Bears offense. I think the Titans will will handle the Bears here. It'll be a good game. All right. So that's we are all riding the Titans here to get a bounce back win to move to six and two on the year. Next, we did allude a little bit to this game. This is um, this is uh, the Lions at the Vikings. Um, our picks have obviously probably been heavily swayed. Uh, Matt Stafford will not be playing this game. It seems that he tested positive for COVID. Actually, actually, the understanding, according to Tom Pelissero currently, is that it's uncertain whether or not Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford will be able to play. He could have potentially landed on the list because of a high-risk close contact. So there could be potential for him to come off the list fairly quickly, have this be a bit of a false alarm, and hopefully have him ready for Sunday. So there is still some question there. All right, so I've, okay, so I'm going to propose a proposal here since it's a little up in the air right now. Let's pick the game if Stafford plays and if Stafford doesn't play. Uh, that's fair, at least to us, because we don't know. Um, I'm going to go first and say that I will be picking the Vikings either way. So it doesn't matter. I would have the Vikings win either way uh, after that win last week. Dalvin Cook's just going to run a train, uh, personally. Uh, so I'm going to pick the Vikings win at home in a divisional matchup. I know it's a little... It's a little hot, but uh, I like this Vikings team right now and Dalvin Cook. I think they're figuring out their offense. So I'll take the Vikings either way. Uh, Josh, I'm assuming you're going to do something different here. I'm going to take the Lions, assuming that Matt Stafford is on the field. I think they need him to have an effective offense. If they're going with whoever their backup quarterback is nowadays, I don't think it's Jeff Driscoll anymore. I'm not sure who would. No, Jeff Driscoll's in Denver now. So I'm not sure who their backup quarterback is anymore. I'm not going to pick their backup quarterback. I'd take Minnesota if... Matt Stafford isn't playing, but I think if you get Stafford on the field, assuming that he is healthy with whatever's going on, maybe he will have some complications. Hopefully not. I'm going to go with the Lions if Matt Stafford's on the field. Okay, so Lions with Stafford, Vikings with no Stafford. Gotcha. Dom, is that what you're going to? Or are you going to pick blue, purple no matter what? You know, uh, I, I, pick, I make my picks ahead of time on ESPN, and I had the Lions picked, but Given the uncertainty of the situation, I'm just going to ride with the Vikings in the situation. I think they can ride off of a nice win against the Packers, even though I do think the Packers were looking ahead just a bit. But uh, backup quarterback for the Lions, by the way, is either David Blow or Chase Daniel. So Chase uh, Daniel. <laughs> um, new update from Tom Pelissero while we're on the subject of Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford did have a high-risk close contact with a non-team person on Monday for source, so he will be eligible to play Sunday against the Vikings if he tests negative and remains asymptomatic. So we could see Matt, we could see Matt Stafford on the field for the Lions on Sunday. Yes, but nonetheless, he still won't be practicing until he gets cleared, which probably won't be for a couple more days, given that you know you do have to wait for. Uh, for this to, for the for the case to get settled in, so I, I'll just take the Vikings out of caution. I think the Vikings are capable of winning this game, even if Stafford does play. So I'll take the safe pick in the situation, right with Leo and the Vikings. 
All right, so two for the Vikings uh, to continue off a good division win and get pick up another one uh, to quickly move to the next game. Uh, we have the return of Christian McCaffrey. Unfortunately, he is traveling to all of our number one team in the NFL at Arrowhead. Uh, I'll start. I'll just kick this off. It's simple. I'm picking the Chiefs. There's no reason they should lose this game. Dom? Yeah, Chiefs. All right. Josh, fire, just firing it off. I'll take Carolina to cover the 10 and a half, but I will take Kansas City. All right. Um, so I do think it's going to be a fairly close game compared to what people are thinking. I think the Panthers are a decent team when they get McCaffrey back, but the Chiefs are going to win this one. All right. So a little insight there, but everyone Chiefs for the picks here on the podcast. Next, we're moving. It's an interesting game. Uh, I don't think we thought these two teams had the same record at this point. It's the one in six battle. It's Texans at Jaguars. Um, this game is interesting because, you know, the Jaguars – have looked better than people thought and the Texans have underperformed, but they're also have kind of been underrated with their quarterback play in these last couple of games. So it's interesting to see who we're going to pick. Josh, I'm going to go to you first for this one. Who are you picking the AFC South about? I'm taking Houston easily. I think the Jaguars are probably the second worst team in the league. They won a game week one. They haven't played well since. They're going to be without Gardner Minshew in this game as well. There's no chance I'm taking the Jags here. Give me Houston. Yeah, right. Jake, Jake Luton, uh, rookie out of Oregon State will be starting this game. Decent, decent college quarterback, but I I can't pick against Deshaun Watson when he's going up against a rookie making his first career start. It's too easy. Yep, I will also be backing the uh, Texans. It's pretty simplistic from there forward. Now we're jumping into a bit of a harder game to pick here. Um, it's we've already alluded to this game on our top ten list here. It's the five and two Ravens at the five and two Colts. Uh, I am going to pick the Ravens to win this one personally. I, I think this is a bounce back game off of the uh, Steelers game. This is a really hard game for me to pick. I'm lower on the Colts. Uh, I, I will say right now, I completely would understand if the Colts win this game. I would completely understand it. I'm just going to err with the side of my list and my power rankings, and I'm going to pick the Ravens so I don't seem hypocritical here. So I'm going Ravens. Uh, Dom, we'll go to you next. I will also be taking the Ravens. I think this has game of the year potential. Now, I mean, the past two games, the the Ravens, the past couple of games the Ravens have played have also been very good. But I think that these two defenses uh, certainly pose a problem for each other's offenses. But I think the Ravens offense is a little bit more explosion. They can't help them get past the Colts. All right. Josh? I'm actually going to drop my hot take on this game. Um, Dom introduced the hot take parlay to the show last week, so I'm going to put out one of those. This one goes in honor of one of my favorite football players of all time, number 18, Peyton Manning. I'm going to go with Peyton's parlay here. I'm going to take the Colts to win this game against the Ravens, and I'm also going to take the Broncos as an underdog to win against the Atlanta Falcons on the road. I think both those teams will come out and get the win. That one's for Peyton Manning. All right, so that was that was pretty creative. I liked it. That was pretty good. Uh, so the Peyton parlay, that means the Josh taking the Colts. Uh, we'll get into the Broncos later. Uh, there's Josh's hot take of the week. Awesome. Uh, I, I and it. Josh, very good job of clarifying your parlay because my parlay would have hit if I did a better job <laughs> of clarifying it. Oh, yeah, we should talk about that. So Dom, so Dom last week had both of – he said that both of the close games, which ended up being upsets, which was Bengals-Titans – Packers Vikings would cover uh, but the winning team would win the, the favorite team would win uh, Dom got half of it right it was certainly a covered game but that's because the underdogs won both the games so Dom did not was not awarded the hot take points it's a parlay you got to hit everything 
He, did, he missed out on a little piece, which is unfortunate. Uh, if we're on the topic of hot take, bad beats, uh, we amended my hot take to be from 14 plus day to win by 15 to beat the spread. The Eagles, uh, the Eagles won by 14 on Sunday night football. So I also got a bad beat there on uh, my hot take, which is unfortunate, but you know, I'd rather have a bad beat than just look stupid. So you take what you can get, you know? Uh, so anyways, that's a little insight to the hot takes. We'll move on to the next game, which is um, another great game. If you said this, you could argue this is game of the week. I'm going to drop my hot take here. It's Seattle at the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Seattle wins by 10 plus is my pick for this game. I uh, have that. So I'll be back in the Seahawks here. Josh goes last because it's his team. Dom, what are you thinking on this game? I'm going to take the Seahawks in this game as well. Uh, I was a little bit concerned with the recent performances from the Bills offense. Uh, from my understanding, uh, the Seahawks don't have a 10-plus point win since week one, and that's against the two-win Falcons. So certainly a hot take there. Uh, especially considering they're playing a now six-win team, Buffalo Bills. Yes. We'll take the Seahawks, though. Should be a great game. Uh, very high scoring. Yes. Let's hear it, Josh. Your your floor. L- let's start with this. If Mitch Morse, center for the Buffalo Bills, were not currently in concussion protocol, I would be picking the Bills to win this game. However, I question what the Bills will be able to do running the football without Mitch Morse on the field. They looked good against the New England Patriots. They'll probably look pretty good against Seattle, but Mitch Morse just adds an extra layer to that running game. Another guy who can really help block for Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, and even Josh Allen on a couple plays when we, when the Bills need it. It's going to be a really tough game for the Bills against a great quarterback and Russell Wilson, obviously the best quarterback. Well, they played Patrick Mahomes, but Russell Wilson this year is better than Patrick Mahomes this year. So they're playing a really, really tough opponent here in the Seattle offense. I don't think the Bills are going to be able to slow him down. I'm going to take Seattle. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills win this game. I think Mitch Morris on the field could really, really help them out. It's going to be a really tight game. I do think the Bills have a good shot here, a much better shot than I expected when we first put this game on the schedule. I will take Seattle here. So it's going to be a good game. This is where you got game of the year potential. Uh, That that's, uh, is that the, the, that's not the first time you've picked against Buffalo. Did you pick Buffalo to beat the chiefs? I think I might have. This could be the first time I'm picking against the Bills. Okay. Well, it makes sense. It's your Super Bowl winner on the year. So, I mean, it makes sense that you picked them. Uh, and that's good. So, we got everyone for Seattle. And then we'll go to the next game. Uh, Josh already alluded his pick here because of the Peyton Parlay. God, I love the sound. That's pretty cool. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the alliteration there. Uh, it's the 3-4 Broncos at the 2-6 Falcons. I would argue this is these are two wildly inconsistent teams, and this is literally a toss-up because the Falcons have looked better as of late after the firing head coach Dan Quinn. They won that divisional game. They've had more rest, but the Broncos had that crazy Chargers at uh, comeback for a Chargers-esque win that I know Dom just was crazy happy to see happen to the Chargers again. They're cursed in divisional games. Um, I don't really know what to pick here. Dom, I'm curious. We already have Josh with the Broncos. What, what are you thinking here? Ryan, I'm flying high with the birds in this game. Uh, coming off of Thursday Night Football, they do have a mini buy. The Denver Broncos struggled against the Chargers and then, of course, took advantage of the fact that they are literally incompetent. Now, I mean, we could see the same thing here in this game because the Falcons are very similar to the Chargers. Both two-win teams that should probably be around 500. Broncos are three-win teams. Three no, Chargers. Oh, I'm sorry, Dom. Yeah, keep going. Sorry. Uh, I, like, you, like you said, this is basically a toss-up game. 
I'm taking the Falcons in this game very unconfidently. Yeah, I'll also ride the home team here with the mini buy. Um, I like, I think the Falcons have figured out their offense. And if Denver's defense wasn't as interested as it is, I would pick them. But I think Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones with Todd Gurley looking decent is going to get them the win. So I just want to make it clear, though, you both took both Baltimore and Atlanta. Yeah, we picked against your parlay. So I will be taking the lead if my hot take Peyton's parlay hits. Depending on, your other, depending on your other picks, yes. Uh, well, no, just starting with that, not worried about the other games. I will have the lead when, if that hits, yes. Yes, yes, you, you would have. Good to know. Yes, so, all right, so let me just get this down real quick. Uh, let, me jump, let me get the next game up, though. All right, so it's another uh, in-division game. It's the 4-3 and three Raiders off there by at the 2-5 and five Chargers after that embarrassing, embarrassing uh, choke of a loss to the Broncos in mile high. Um, I'm just going to ride the division. The division is cursed for the Chargers here. I This year, I'm Raiders off the bye, too. Uh, this team's underrated. We've already talked about it. I'll take Raiders. Josh, what are you thinking here? Uh, I'm taking the Raiders. I have been very high on this team all year. I think Derek Carr is really, really talented. I love Josh Jacobs out of the backfield. I think they have a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. Their offensive line has looked much better. They have a lot of talent at receiver. John Gruden is really stepped into that role as head coach. I think he looks a lot more comfortable than he did early in his time in Oakland. Moving to Vegas has kind of somehow sparked him to be a better head coach. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe he's doing well at the crafts table recently. I'm not sure, but I am very happy with the way John Gruden has been coaching this team so far. I'm going to take the Raiders here. I think they can play really, really well in this game. My hot take was almost taking the Raiders to completely blow them out here, but then I found Peyton's parlay. I liked that more. I really like the Raiders here, though. All right, so two for the stealing, stealing black or silver and black. Sorry, Dom, are you gonna are you gonna bolt up? You already know what I'm doing in this game. You guys know I'm high on the Raiders. You know how low I am on the Chargers. You know how much hate I hate the C words. Give me the R A I D E R S Raiders in this game. Raiders. Give oh them. my God! In fact, just win, just win, baby. Let's go, Raiders. Just win, baby. All it's right. It's gonna well. be. It's gonna be another close game, though. So is close. All right. Well, so that's that's three for the for the uh, the the Raiders. All right. So next game, uh, we've already we did allude to this at the very beginning of the podcast. If somehow you're still listening, uh, the Steelers are going to be facing the uh, Dallas Cowgirls. Sorry, Cowboys. Sorry, it's it's habit. Uh, I would just get this out of the way. There's no way the Steelers lose this game. I'll pick the Steelers. I, I Absolutely. I think I would be taking the Cowboys if they had Gucci Danucci. Unfortunately, Gucci Danucci will not be starting for the Dallas Cowboys. I obviously would be taking the Cowboys if you were playing either. I'm taking the Steelers easily. I'm going to drop my hot take on this game. I've dropped this hot take twice, and both times it has failed me. One time rapidly, the other time very depressingly. I will say the Steelers will hold the Cowboys to single-digit points in this game. Ah, uh, you're trying this I don't again. even know if I'll allow that as a hot take, man. I think oh. this is the easiest chance you've ever had at it. I, I would allow it. It's so hard. I mean... It, it is hard. I will allow it. Especially if you but, get up a lot, like the garbage time angle, you might give them a touchdown. Yeah, exactly. This is the best opportunity to use the under the single digit points that you will ever have this season. I don't know. The the Colts against the Bears one was a pretty good opportunity and it all did. And do, then, do the Steelers or Colts play the Jets? Um, I don't believe so. That would be the only better opportunity I think you're gonna get in this one. I think the Steelers did the Steelers finish in second place in the division last year? 
I think yes, they, they did. did. That's why the Steelers so, are playing the Bills on Sunday night later in the season. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, they don't play the Jets. Uh, uh, yeah, so this yeah. is probably the best opportunity you're ever going to have to use that hot take. I'm going to use it again. I mean, the Steelers have a top five defense in this league. Cowboys starting Cooper Rush this week. Their offense has been very lackluster the past couple of weeks without Dak Prescott. Uh, they, they certainly have the offensive capability to do it. Uh, I mean, Zeke is talented enough. I mean, people know how I stand on Zeke. I don't think he's that good. Uh, they have very good wide receiving core. Uh, good old lineman healthy, but they're not. Uh, but I, I, I'm going to ride at this hot take. The, the Cowboys scored nine points or less in this game. All right. There's all your hot takes wrapped up in a pretty little bow. I, I like the hot take. I definitely, I definitely like it. Uh, that moves up. We're going to move off of that game to a much more interesting game. Uh, the four and three Dolphins off that crazy win, beating the Rams. They're taking on another NFC West opponent. Definitely, in my opinion, a more challenging game here. They travel to Glendale to face the five and two Cardinals here. Uh, I'll start off again. Uh, we know how I feel about the Cardinals. I don't see them dropping this game. Uh, I think they get it done barely against this great Dolphins team because they're at home and two is going to struggle against, uh, you know, not on the top tier caliber, but, you know, the Cardinals defense can compete with some of the areas of the Rams defense. So I think that's why I'll give the Cardinals the win. Josh, who are you picking in this game? This is a really hard game for me because I typically don't like to pick against team to pick teams traveling across the country, but I really, really like Miami. I think they've played very well so far. I think Tua has a lot of talent. I think they have three consecutive wins and I think that's really good for this team. However, you guys know, I love to use the logic of not picking against a great coach off of a bye. The question remains is, do I think Cliff Kingsbury is a good coach or a great coach? It's going to prove it on Sunday. I think he might be a great coach. I'm going to go with Arizona here. That great coach off the bye has been burning you, by the way. That's what burned you last It's week. the logic I've been going with since I was a little kid. It works more often than not. Yeah, I mean, it failed with the Seahawks earlier this year. It failed with the Ravens earlier this year. I've gone with you on every single one of them. It's like a drug. I'm also going to do it again this week. I'm going to ride with the Cardinals. This one I'm less confident in, though, because I'm not sure if Cliff Kingsbury is a great coach yet. So we're I also figure just, that one out. I also, it's tough for me to pick Tua going up against another good defense, not on the levels of the Rams, but still a good defense when we haven't seen him have a good performance yet. So I will take the Cardinals in this game. Yeah, Did Tua ever play a bowl game in that building? No. Interesting. There's just no way the Dolphins defense replicates what they did last Sunday is also the main reason I'm picking the Cardinals. So Yeah, uh, Cardinals offense is better than the Rams. Yep. All right. So moving on. I do want to say, though, I could easily see the Dolphins winning this game. Right. I'm going to pick the Cardinals, but I really could see the Dolphins winning this one. All right. Yeah, I, I could definitely see it as well. Moving on to the Sunday night football game. Uh, it's an NFC South showdown. The top tier teams in NFC South. Five and two Saints off their, their win in Chicago, facing off against the six and two Bucks off their win in New Jersey uh, on Monday night. Um, look, I know what I talked about, how I feel about the Saints, but I'm not crazy. I will be taking the Bucks here. I personally, I know they're not going to agree. I personally would not be surprised if the Saints make this close or even win it off some crazy last second field goal from Will Lutz. But I will take the Bucks. I'm not crazy. I will stick to my power rankings list. Uh, they were where they were for a reason. All right. You guys take the floor, whichever one. Josh, go ahead. 
Well, look, the Saints are a very hot football team right now. They've won, I believe it's four straight games, but part of that is because the Drew Brees and Sean Payton tandem is probably the best tandem in the month of October ever. Historically, they've just been great throughout the month of October. Newsflash, it's not October anymore. It's now November 4th when we're recording this podcast. This game is going to be on November 8th. I am going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because November is over. I mean, September, October is over. Excuse me. The Bucs are the better team here. The Saints defense stinks. I'm going to take the Bucs with Tom Brady. Saints won their last game in November, by the way. Did they play last week? I'm drawing a blank. It was against the the Bears. Bears. Yeah, who cares? The Bears offense is god-awful. Playoff team. Um, For now. No. No. I mean, they're technically – you can't say they're not a playoff team. They're in the playoffs right now. Right now, they are in a playoff spot. There. But anyways, it's a fair point. Dom, are you backing the Bucs as well, I'm assuming? There's no way – Yeah, I mean, I I have the Bucs number two. And like I said, I think the Bucs were overlooking the Giants, preparing for the Saints. The Saints didn't have that luxury when they were playing against the Bears. They had to play that game to their full extent. That's what they did, and they got the win. Uh, both teams uh, skated across New Orleans Saints by three in overtime, Buccaneers by two on the road against the Giants. I'll take the Bucs here. If you guys wouldn't let my hot take pass with the Steelers' defense holding down the Cowboys, I would have said Buccaneers by two scores but I'll take the Bucks here just in general. All right. Now, what the moment we've all been waiting for, the Monday night showdown. It is the 2-5 and five Patriots at the 0-8 New Jersey Jets. Woo! Aren't you guys I'm going to go now. It's been fun, guys. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I mean, kind of a lackluster way to close it out. Sometimes Monday night football has, uh, has duds and uh, – this is one of them. Uh, I, you know, what's crazy. I, I have like a, uh, you can judge me all you want. I have a weird feeling the Jets, there's a, there's a way the Jets win this game. Am yeah, I- there's, there's not a lot of games left on the schedule the Jets can win. It's very hard to go 0-16. I think this is on the short list of games they can win. I don't think they'll win it. I would love, love for the Jets to beat the Chargers coming off their bye. No, that would make me so happy. Oh, it will shoot, happen. That'd be great. That'd it will happen. I'd throw a parade here in Phoenix, uh, <laughs> but I, I'm going to take the Patriots in this game. It's going to be very close. Yeah, I'll also take the Pats. Uh, I, I, I want, I want. There's a part of me that wants to say Jets. There's a part of me that wants to say for some reason, but I'm not going to break my time honored tradition of this podcast. I need to be given a reason to pick them, and I don't have one, so I'll pick the Pats. Yeah, um, I'm also going to take the Patriots here. The NFL gave me probably the worst birthday gift they could give me by scheduling this as the Monday night football game on my birthday. Not excited for that one. Two teams I hate more than any team in the league who both stink right now, and it's going to be an ugly game. Patriots are going to win this one easily. Not by seven. The spread seven. They're going to win it by 15 plus probably. The Jets are just awful. I'm not taking the Jets until they give me a reason to pick them. Fire Adam Gase. Trade Sam Darnold. Get rid of everything. They stink. Start fresh with Trevor. Patriots might want to start fresh as well at the quarterback position. They probably will soon. They're obviously sticking with Belichick, but I'm going to go with the Patriots in this game. All right. Well, that lackluster game does wrap up uh, uh, a fun uh, episode nine of the Sports Team Podcast. We will be double digits next week, where we be you know ten weeks in. Crazy to think about. We're that far in already. Um, obviously, we have closing thoughts though. Uh, Josh, floor is yours. Closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. Uncle Stevie, welcome to Queens.
It's going to be a fun time. I'm looking forward to Steve Cohen coming in, paying JT Realmuto, paying Trevor Bauer, paying George Springer. Who knows who he's going to bring in? It's going to be a great time. I'm excited to see what Steve Cohen can do with this organization. Obviously, it's going to take some time to get from the ground floor to the top, which is where Steve Cohen wants to be. It took the Dodgers seven years. It'll probably take Steve Cohen less because he's Steve Cohen. He's perfect. But I'm very confident in what he's going to do. I'm really looking forward to this. It's a fun time. Steve Cohen is the owner of the New York Mets. Good riddance to the Wilpon family. All right. Emphatic Mets tribute. Dom, closing thoughts. It's going to be weird. He's Actually, last week you didn't go baseball, I was going to say. But you usually win baseball. So closing thoughts, Dom. My closing thought is that when the Buccaneers smack the Saints on Sunday Night Football, we will be realizing that game against the Giants was a fluke and that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the team to be in the NFC. All right. Fair enough. I, uh, that's Don's closing thoughts. My closing thoughts are, uh, guys, I cannot wait for you all to understand that my top 10 list was the best for a multitude of reasons. And you'll see it in the coming weeks. Uh, as much flack as I got at the end of it, uh, the Bills being at number six on someone's list is going to be exposed. And the New Orleans Saints will bounce back off the Bucks win and explore some great options into the postseason and end on a top 10 list of one of these two. Uh, I can't wait for it. Uh, but that's going to do it for the Split the Scene podcast. Thank you guys all for listening. We'll see you next week.